Why are you here? I'm looking for a great warrior. So what kind of warrior have you been? The way of the warrior. He needed a warrior's mind. Clearly this was all planned by warriors of warriors. Now is the time. I'm Michael. And I'm Shannon. And you're listening to the Warrior Impact Podcast. All right, Warriors, and you are listening to the Warrior of Impact podcast. This is Michael, joined as always with Shannon, and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today on uh, this episode. So um, we've had some fantastic guests for a while now. You know, we've been really doing um, some really awesome interviews, having some really good conversations, and wanted to take some time to come together, just, you know, Shannon and I have some conversations about some of the things that are going on in um, the warrior universe, <laughs> the, the the hemisphere here that is Warriors of Impact, um, and really talk about some excited things going on, and really just be able to sit down with you all and have a, an intimate conversation and, and touch base for a little bit. So, uh, Shannon, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. The the last few weeks since I came back from vacation have been kind of busy. Um, lots of stuff going on. So I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain. Yeah. As I like to think, you know, com- nobody would listen anyway, right? Like, <laughs> we well, we all have trouble, right? That's right. Yeah. So um, I'm actually um, about a week and a half into recovery from my sinus reconstruction surgery. Um, and so it's, uh, it's been an interesting process. I think, you know, surgery recovery in general for me, obviously is always going to strike a chord. Um, but I think one of the things that I'm super proud of going into the surgery was I did a lot of the mindset work to prepare myself for recovery. So I am somebody who typically suffers from what, uh, what is known. And, and it's, it's a little known phenomenon, um, called, uh, post anesthetic depression. Um, and so the, the premise is that when we go through our, you know, like that twilight phase of being under anesthesia, when we come to, there is this process of kind of gathering your wits about you. Um, you pair that with the fatigue of recovery, the fatigue of going under and coming back up. And uh, most people don't sleep in a hospital. Like I, I was I was kept overnight in the hospital and I didn't sleep, you know, and I'm still not sleeping very well, obviously because of the pain. But um, if you pair that with um, some of the you know, the issues that arise from, you know, dealing with recovery, some of that, you know, like I'm on bed rest, technically, like I'm obviously sitting in a chair now upright, <laughs> but I have to be upright at a 40 degree angle for the first three weeks. So that's a lot of laying in bed by myself, um, laying on the couch, you know, and, and I try to mix it up, but, you know, no low, no weight bearing, not walking around the house, not doing any day-to-day activities, just really just kind of setting. Um, and so this is a breeding ground for mental health crisis. It really is. Um, and in the past, historically, what I have recognized during my recoveries are that I will be you know, it kind of goes in three phases. The first is just like utter fatigue. Like I'm just so exhausted that, you know, you're, you're blind to the notion that anything's really going on. Uh, you're just like, all right, I've got this, this past to, to rest. And, and, and by all means, I I'm totally giving myself that permission now to, to rest and, you know, not, not ward off responsibilities, but at the same time, like my responsibility is taking care of me. So this first phase of, you know, just utter fatigue. Then the second phase is generally where you start recognizing, um, a loss, you know, and, and I think, it's a loss of companionship. It's a loss of your community. It's a loss of your day-to-day function. Right. And so you feel kind of isolated. 
Right. It's it, exactly, you know, and, and I know I've talked in the past about the power and the importance of a healthy relationship with solitude. This is like really the antithesis of the opposite. It is, it is extreme isolation if you're not mentally prepared, if you haven't done that work to, to say, all right, this is good. The fact that I know the patterns and know, okay, phase one, fatigue. Phase two is this sense of, uh, of a loss. And, and it's not from a place of having to grieve anything. It's just more being aware and recognizing like this is not a permanent state, um, which I think we uh, speaks to a bigger picture, especially in mental health. Uh, we could have moments of despair. Like I don't think that it is wise to tell people that you're supposed to be happy all the time. We've talked about this, right? It's that toxic right. positivity. It's that culture of like, well, just smile, right? It's right. Like, no, fuck that. <laughs> like have a shitty day. Uh, my, my whole thing is this. It's like, you are perfectly allowed to have a horrible day. Right. You are allowed to like put your bags down. Just don't unpack and live there. Don't, right. don't live no. into that space. I agree. Yeah. And I think that I've said before, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel your feelings. Like you said, don't live there, but sometimes yeah. you have to give yourself the grace to feel negative emotions. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's, it's okay to not be, it's okay to be not okay. You know, right. uh, and I think from a mental health standpoint, it's something that we recognize as we start getting stronger in our approach to dealing with mental health struggles is um, there are seasons of life, right? There are times and because like I like to think of life as this great pendulum. Now, things aren't always black and white. There's not always this constant duality, but there is this kind of pendulum-esque approach to life. You know, there's highs and lows, there's good times, bad times, there's points where we have extreme energy, low energy. Um, you know, there's times where we are radiating with, you know, joy, and there's times where like we are, you know, really depleted. That's okay. And it's and it's all right. But the focus and the key should be to recognize what state you're in when you're in it and and say, okay, nothing lasts forever. You know, th this this too will pass in that sense. And and just making sure that you are doing what's best for yourself to get through that. I think that's where grace and kindness to yourself and self-love really come into play. And so I like I mean, to say to myself that the sun always rises, right? It's not gonna be nighttime forever. Right. And so I'm a week and a half into what is going to be a six-week recovery. Now when like I kind of jokingly like look at six weeks as like this uh, crazy approach to and and I apologize I'm trying not to use the word crazy anymore uh, because I think that that word just has uh, and, and that's not me trying to jump on some woke bandwagon or anything I just think that it has a connotation that doesn't uh, you know I think crazy is something that is silly and and playful and and should be left in that category. Um, not something that we speak to the, to the matters of heart, especially when we're talking about mental health. Um, but I do think that there was this like, maybe, maybe like, you know, the secret, like, yeah, right. This is going to be six weeks approach to, to my recovery. But doctor said six weeks. So I was like, all right, I'm telling everyone, you know, six weeks, prepare for six weeks. I'm a week and a half in and I can totally justify, you know, six weeks plus, to be honest. Um, and I think part of that is, you know, being kind to myself and listening to my body and saying, you know, if, if you need all six weeks, if you need more, like, that's just how it is. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be docile and, you know, laying in bed for six weeks, but it does mean that I'm not going to get back to the things that I was doing at the level I was for a little bit. And that's fine. So I, right, cause I you have a, you have a routine where you do some pretty heavy physical activity every day. Yeah. I, uh, so I think I'm right now phase one is kind of wrapping up of like that fatigue. Um, I'm, you know, I'm starting to get restless and that's kind of bringing me into that phase two of, of recognizing a loss. Um, Last week, I was sad, and, and for some people this might sound ridiculous, but I was sad 
that I wasn't, despite the pain that I was in, I was sad that I was not able to wake up and work out. Well, you know, they always say that working out is, is a good cure and a good treatment for depression. And I think that that has a huge impact on people who exercise on a regular basis. When they can't do that, you're missing that aspect of, you know, helping yourself and helping your mental, your mental state. Yeah, I agree. I think that when you uh, build that routine too, and Mm -hmm. you know, it, it is something that does benefit my, my life, my body, my mind. Uh, It was just this like, this loss. Right. And, and I think that's exactly what this, the second phase is, is recognizing, you know, the changes. And maybe that's a better way of putting it too. Cause like, I don't believe that things are ever taken from us. You know, I don't think it's like, Oh, some, like I, I took it. This took my ability to do that. It took, you know, like it, it's not an exchange. Um, like we look at it as, you know, like, give and take like something stole something or anything like that. It's like somebody stole my money. It's, you know, like, no, you, you paid the money. You just maybe feel like you just were, uh, you know, um, mistreated or not respected or not, you know, taken care of in the way. And that's the same thing. You know, it's not that you've lost, you know, the ability to do something. It is that you have now replaced your ability to do what you were able to do with something different and you don't know what that different is. And so we naturally go to avoid, like not a void. We go to the void, like meaning there's like an empty space there. And I think that that breeds isolation, that breeds the grief, that breeds that place of despair and, um, the worst place and the worst case scenario where you get to is, uh, is hopelessness. Um, and I want to talk that about that really quickly because I think hopelessness is, um, hopelessness is the worst off that anybody could ever be. I, I, I truly believe that. Um, in, some of the studying that I've done, um, I've obviously done some workshops and, and some minimal training on, you know, mental health and, and, and counseling and things like that. But also just through the people that I've talked to the, the books that I've read, um, the conclusion that I've come up to with is that hopelessness really is that void of, of pursuing anything. Right. It's a stagnation when like, you know, it's the idea that if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're, you know, in business, like if you're not growing your business, your business is dying. If you're not moving forward uh, or, you know, like there's no standing still in life. Right. You're either regressing or you're or you're growing and hopelessness um, is a level of despair that doesn't allow you the the possibility for anything but that void um you know because when you don't have hope you are surrendering to your situation and you're letting whatever is um affecting you in essence um have power over you and and we want to avoid that Right. It's this feeling of being defeated before you ever even start. Right. Exactly. That there's just no point. And I've been there. Um, You probably have too. I've been there more than once. So I'm very familiar with that feeling. Yeah. And I think that the, uh, the notion of, you know, hope and hopelessness is that when your reserve is empty, you know, it's really hard because like I hate false manufactured hope. Like it's just like it's it's almost more dangerous than yeah. than anything. Like, you know, uh it's it's also my uh my issue with it, it kind of goes in hands with that uh falsified positivity, toxic positivity. It's that whole notion of you know, we'll just manifest it into reality. There's a lot of people that get hurt 
by the notion that you could just make something happen if you believe strong enough because when it doesn't happen, what does that say to them? Well, I wasn't worthy enough. I wasn't, you know, I didn't do it right. I didn't try hard enough. I didn't, you know, and, and so it makes them a victim of a situation that they're already being victim, like victimized in most of the time. You know, think about it, relationships, uh, manifest your, your, your best partner or you manifest your way to six figures. The people that are approaching that are the people who are desperate. They're, they're grasping for straws. You know, uh, manifestation is a very powerful tool, but it should be something used in conjunction. Manifesting is one of the complements to one law of the universe. And we're talking about obviously the law of attraction, but there are so many different laws of the universe that we neglect because they don't fit into the mold because they also require the work. They require us to expand our mind and they require us to really come from a place of, uh, a constant healing. And most of us don't want to admit that we are in constant healing all the time. I think the thing about manifestation and you, you said it just a second ago, and that is that I believe manifestation is a, is a very powerful tool, mindset, manifestation, but you still have to do the work. Absolutely. You can't, you can't just say, I'm going to, I'm going to manifest X, Y, Z and just sit there and wait for it to happen. The universe doesn't work that way. You still have to put the work in. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, And I think that that's where a lot of people like, and and look, I have manifested, like I'm a manifesting machine, but I know that for me, that is because I have a direct line to the universe. Like I, I have done the work to be able to clear the blocks and, and, and really what I mean by clearing the blocks, I mean, is it's me. And I think that that is very, uh, very important that we recognize that, especially from a place of mental health, because that block often shows up as the voice in your head telling you the story that's full of shit. Right. I've talked about the lies that we tell ourselves, the lies that fill us up with doubt, the lies that fill us up with a false sense of reality, the lies that, you know, falsely tell us that we're not good enough, that we'll never be good enough, what we do and don't deserve. Clearing that stuff out is what gets the manifestation done. But that process there is the reward. The manifestation is the byproduct. And so going through this phase of, you know, second phase of that isolation, um, it's very valuable to have the ability to say, And maybe it's situational awareness is probably the best tool, I think, of saying, this is my situation now. It's not always going to be this way. And then the the third phase is um, what I like to think of as like the the phase of transition. Um, And that really is what I guess we would equate to as defining the new normal. You know, and when you are in a place of mental health crisis, you can really do some long term uh, destruction to your life in that phase because you're falsely telling yourself one thing because you you didn't recognize, you know, that situational awareness. You're, You're stuck in isolation you know, you made it through the fatigue, you, you made, you know, you, you, you stuck in isolation. And so you transitioned to telling yourself that, well, this is life now. And I've been there. I've had, I've had surgeries that I was supposed to recover for. And like, obviously like when I talk about my surgeries, like we're talking open heart surgeries, we're talking major medical surgeries. So it's not like a knee surgery or even the surgery, the surgery that I have now, it was a major surgery. Don't get me wrong, but, um, it's not on the same level as like open heart, you know, but that still says like, I still treat it. Like there's a recovery process, right? I've had recovery last for, for, you know, six, seven, eight months for heart surgery that could have last shorter. I've had recovery, 
last shorter that should have went longer. It's all about the approach. And I think it's the work done beforehand. And it's letting that wound heal. And so that wound doesn't always have to be a physical wound. It, it could be a mental isn't. wound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and I think that's important. Like it's, it's making sure that you recognize and like both, you got to heal both of them. And it's, and if you find yourself in that second phase, that isolation phase, just know that you can always ask for help. It's, it helps to, to talk to someone. And when you're letting that, um, when you're letting that mental wound heal, you need the type of recovery that you also need from a physical surgery or a physical wound. I completely agree. One of my favorite, uh, and I wanted to make sure that I looked it up right. So, um, I don't try to get super biblical or scriptural, you know, like rarely ever, you know, like, in fact, we've talked like I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. Um, I recognize the Bible for what it is as a tool and an instrument of faith. And it is, you know, uh, I put, you know, stock into it. And like, I, I certainly respect it for what it is, but there's also other things that I, you know, find to be really good sources of faith and, and as well. But I think the beauty of scripture is there is almost this, uh, this blueprint outline aspect to it that, you know, whether you believe it's subject to interpretation or not, it, it's great cause of conversation, you know? And so there is uh there's certain, like verses that I've always enjoyed. And one of them is James two, um, 17. Thus also by faith itself, if it does not have work, it's dead. Um, I'm just like, as I got into becoming an entrepreneur and going through my faith journey, I, I recognize that it's, uh, if you build it, they will come is not a real thing. Can we just establish that? I think that there's a little bit of truth to it that you have to build it, but you can't right. just yeah. then if you be, build it, they will come with the work you that you invite do, them with the work that you do to get them there. Right. Yeah. It's not just, you know, build it and sit back. It's not like, okay, I filed my LLC. It's like, uh, I, I tell my friends all the time, like, you know, like, um, so I've, you know, I, I go through these phases of being active in dating and not. Uh, and so my friends are like, how do you have time? Like, you know, to like date all these things. And it's like, well, it's intent, right? If you sit at home all the time and you wait for your like dream person to walk through the door, um, that's like, you call 911, <laughs> you know, like if something, you know, uh, but it's again, again, you got to do the work. Exactly. It's like any point of your life where you want to see results, you got to do the work. Um, right. And so this phase of, you know, this third phase is transition. And I oftentimes find that transition best works when we have something to look forward to. A goal or an, like, a, you know, creating some objectives or, or some milestones for us to be able to do things that get us to a place that's better than where we were before, because I didn't have surgery to go back to like Michael, you know, pre-surgery minus the issues. Like, well, no, I want this to right. be a better life. You know, it's, it's moving forward. Um, and so that kind of brings us to where I am with the projects that we're working on. And I think that's a good segue for us to talk about the exciting things that I have to look forward to that we as an organization have to look forward to um, that is allowing me to make this recovery a lot easier because there is this, this really awesome thing coming up in the horizon. And so um, real quick, real quick, I want to, I want to interject one thing really quickly. Yeah. And that is, it's good to have a goal. But don't just celebrate when you hit that goal. Anytime you're working towards it, anytime you make that first step, that second step, remember to stop and congratulate yourself and and celebrate the process as well as the end result. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's exactly, you know, one of the keys is, you know, it's milestones are great, but if you don't find ways to... Uh, appreciate those along the way, you kind of do yourself a disservice because uh, it's like you hear about people all the time saying uh, they got, I got everything I wanted and I was still not happy. Right. Right. You know, and, and I think that that's one of those things. It's constantly chasing something uh, 
that's not obtainable. It's like, you know, uh, like are you, you're familiar with, like with unrequited love, right? Right. And I think too, we run into this problem of I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I get the job. I'll be happy when I move here. I'll be happy when I find a partner. You have to be happy now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be- become happy first and then the rest will, uh, yeah, you know, do the, do that part first. Just something that I posted in our group just, just a day or so ago. And that is you have to be grateful for what you have before you can have more. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I think gratuity is such a big part of that too. All right, so I'm going to share this little teaser here, and then we'll get into uh, talking a little bit about this project. Impossible. A word I've heard my entire life. It's impossible he'll survive that birth. It's impossible he'll start walking again. It's impossible he'll climb that mountain. Impossible is a word used by those who lack the creativity or ambition to see that it is possible. And on June 11th, I begin training for my next great adventure, Operation Impossible, to prove that impossible is just waiting for somebody to come along and prove that I'm possible. I just love that whole, uh, that gets me hype just watching it. Yeah. Uh, that is just like one of my favorite hype video teasers that, uh, that we've, that, you know, that ever done really. Um, so that's a well, lot. This is a, pre- this is a pretty big, pretty big project. Yes. So we are going to talk, uh, for really the rest of this episode, uh, about Operation Impossible, Operation I'm Possible. Um, so last summer I had, um, an opportunity, we'll call it to do one of those bucket list trips that just really changed my life. Uh, I got to go across country for 40 days, backpacking, seeing some of the most amazing sites, meeting some of the most amazing people and really, going on a spiritual journey that allowed me to really, really become the warrior that I am. Like I was already a warrior. Um, but you know, we kind of joked, like I left Michael 2.0 and came back Michael 4.0. <laughs> uh, and so what I wanted to do in, in looking at this, you know, this surgery that I had, it really just started to make me think about, all of the times I've overcome. I've had a lifetime of obstacles and not all of them being health, but a majority of them. Um, and so I look at the stories of, you know, my life and, and I recognize that on the surface, the fact that I'm even alive today is, is, is impossible. It should be impossible. Um, and I wanted to just run down and I know this might sound a little silly, but I wanted to kind of run through a list of some of the things that, um, are impossible that are yet completely true and possible with, with me being here, uh, alive and, and talking to you all today. Um, and so if you've listened to our previous podcast episodes, a lot of this is going to be stuff that you've, you know, heard before, but, uh, when I was, you know, when my parents were seven months pregnant, you know, they, the doctor said that there was, uh, you know, there was no chance I would survive the birth. It was impossible. They offered my parents, uh, to have a medical abortion so that, you know, they could just move on. My parents gave me the chance to, to, to live. Um, and 
one in a million were the odds, but one in a million was, I was the one in a million that survived the birth. Um, I've shared the, the cover of, you know, the, the, the magazines, the, the newspaper clippings, but, um, they said it was impossible. And that moment right there, possible. Um, they said that it was going to be impossible that I would live without some sort of uh, mental retardation or some sort of mental handicap because of the lack of oxygen, the, you know, the issues at birth. And, um, yet here I am fully sound, you know, my IQ is, you know, above average. I'm a, you know, of, of above average. I like to think intellect. I can communicate, walk, talk, function. Um, seven years old, I passed away. Um, for over five minutes, again, oxygen leaving the brain. And they said that there would be long-term neurological effects. I would, you know, most likely suffer, you know, brain damage. Again, no. Uh, we made that impossible possible that I'd survive. Um, I have, in fact, outlived um, something like five or six life expectancies uh, uh, as far as when I'm supposed to live. The valve that is in my body right now is supposed to be uh, replaced every 10 years. And October will be 20 years since I had it put in. Medical anomaly. This the long, like these don't, they don't last this long. Um, I was paralyzed at 19. They didn't know that I would ever walk again, but I had to learn how to breathe again. I had to learn how to walk. I had to learn how to talk again. I learned, had to learn how to function, my dexterity, um, you know, using grip, things that we take advantage of on a day-to-day basis, learning how to drive again, learning how to, um, I couldn't see out of one eye. I had to like train my eye to like be able to pick up peripherals again, things like that. Um, an impossible that was made possible. Um, I had a similar experience, not, not as, not as serious as yours, but when I was 11, I cut my hand and it severed the nerves in my hand. And they told me, you'll never be able to use your hand again, but I, I I don't have a lot of feeling in it. I had to learn. I had to learn how to use my hand all over again. I had to learn how to use my left hand because for almost a year I couldn't use my right hand. So, um, you know, you can you can beat the odds when people tell you that there's something that you can't do, but you have to put your mind to it. And again, you have to do the work. Yeah. Uh, and that's exactly right. It's, you know, and I think that what we speak of, you know, it's it's. Uh, there's three people that are usually involved with, you know, your ability to to do and it's, you know, your professional, your medical professional, your, you know, what, whatever challenge you're going, you know, seek a professional. You know, mm-hmm. you have a support team. Seek the professional. Uh, the, your, your creator of choice, whether that's God, universe, Mother Nature, you know, the sun, what, whatever your deity, you know, whatever your belief system is. That should take a role. And then finally yourself, you know, and, and not just you and the flesh conscious. When I say you, that's what I talk about when I talk about the warrior spirit, you showing up as the warrior spirit. That's the, that's the part of the equation that most people navigate through life that don't have the pleasure of doing. That's the whole reason I started warrior of impact. If I can help you find a way for you to be the living embodiment of that warrior spirit, then it is a partnership with your creator, the, the industry professionals, whatever, you know, your goal is. And then you, you know, and, and I think you yourself have your own, like, you know, Trinity of trust, you know, it's you as a conscious thought, your physical body, and then your soul. Um, and, And that's where the warrior shows up. It's in that partnership. Um, I used to be a big me versus me person and I'm like, nay, no more. I'm not a competition with myself that, you know, saying me versus me means that, you know, 
you know, part of you wins, part of you loses. There, there's a right. victor and a victory. Uh, versus a partnership with yourself of saying, my soul, which is where our warrior spirit resides, our consciousness, which is where our thoughts, emotions, and sense of self reside, and our physical being, our body, when we put that all into a partnership, it is a serendipitous symphony of love. It is just the most, uh, you want to talk about how to have good days every day? Get there. Even when I'm in like shitty moments right now, like I, uh, somebody put a post up in one of the groups that I was in uh, the other day and it was like, what are you proud of yourself for? And I went and like wrote a dissertation. I was like, this struck a true love. I was like, preface, this struck a true, like a, a self-love court here. Uh, but it's like in those moments where I can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm in a really like tough spot with pain and emotions to deal with this, but I love myself more today than I did yesterday. And I know I'll love myself more tomorrow than I do today. And that is something that I can look forward to every day. And sometimes it can be just as simple as, especially for people who suffer from chronic pain yeah. or from chronic mental health is you just got out of bed. Yeah. You can always find something to be proud of yourself yeah. for. Yeah, exactly. And that can be as simple as getting out of bed washing one dish, taking a shower. Um, we forget sometimes that just the littlest thing that we can be proud of ourselves for. Yeah. And so when we bring that into the realm of possible, of what's impossible and possible, um, I've, I've coined this term now, and this is actually the, the battle cry and the anthem for Operation I'm Possible. And, and I want everybody to, I'm going to say it, and whether you're, you're in your car right now, whether you're at work, wh wherever you are, I'm going to say this and I want you to repeat it back because I think there's so much power in these words. I am the difference between impossible and possible. Repeat that and say that and say it daily because when we, when we remind ourselves of that, I think we all too often create limits in places where they don't need to live. Impossible is a word created by people who lack the ambition or creativity to see something as possible, period. And if we already know now that I'm the difference between possible and impossible, then go out there and create the reality that you want to be possible, period. And again, remember, it's not just saying it. You have to do the work do it. to make it do happen. It. Absolutely. And so... I say all of this to say I have a life where I have put on display and, and, and really know to my core that when I say I'm the difference between possible and possible, it is like true is the word of God. That is, that is true. And so I wanted to, you know, continue my, you know, one of my big things that I'm proud of as a coach is that I walk the walk. You know, if I say something to somebody, I talk about these seven elements, I always refer back to the stories of my life or what I'm going through with a journey and I put it on display. And so I don't know, and we're trying to, I've been trying to figure out how to like officially prove this. Um, I've been told by some doctor that I'm the oldest living person with my disease. Medical record wise, from what we can find, they've done rec they've done studies in New England Journal of Medicine. I don't know. Um, they've I've done some other uh, studies, some el some other places. If you're somebody who knows research really well and understands like medical archiving, please get in touch with me. I would love to be able to put a distinction to that and be able to figure out if there's a way to actually validate uh, that. Um, for my own interest, but also I think that there's just a really cool, interesting perspective to be able to track, you know, not only genealogy of disease, but just like the entire, you know, hierarchy of how it affects society as technology advances and all those things. But I'm just going to go down a nerd rabbit hole, so I'll be quiet. <laughs> but, um, but I felt like it's really important for me. And somebody asked me, what do you want to be known for? That's a big that's a loaded statement. That's a big question. I like big questions, you know, because they, they make me think and I, I like to think. So um, 
I, if I know my purpose is to serve and I know how I serve is by delivering impact, then we're talking about legacy. Really, what do you want to be known for? And I said, I want to be a person that proved to other people that the impossible is possible. I've already done it just by being alive, just by making it through the journeys that I've been able to go through. And so I said, self, what if we stack the odds against yourself and for the first time ever intentionally, you know, meaning like create an impossible task that you then have to get out of. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and, uh, I said, self, you're right. Yes, let's do it. Uh, and so that's where Operation I'm Possible came about. And so the goal is for one year, I'm going to train to take on one impossible challenge paired with one impossible goal. So the impossible challenge is that I am going to train for the next year to break and set the new world record for completion of the Appalachian Trail. As somebody who's an outdoor lover, as a hiker, um, walking, hiking, running, the Appalachian Trail has always been a dream. It's a bucket list goal item, um, and it's a dream come true kind of thing to be able to approach it. And so I thought it'd be really awesome to do it from a perspective of everybody knows the Appalachian Trail, especially in the outdoor community. What if this kid who is never supposed to be alive... What if this kid who is never supposed to be able to walk again? What if this kid who has all of these things stacked against him goes from only ever doing a 5K run to a year later breaking the speed record for one of the three longest trails in the United States or North America? That'd be what's impossible, the, right? What's the current? What's the current time? So the current goal, uh, so the current record is 41 days, seven hours and 39 minutes. My goal is, by the way, who, uh, and that was set in 2018 by then 28 year old. Um, my goal is to start training this June 11th, train for a year and then set out next June 11th, 2023 and finish up July 21st, 2023 40 days later on my 40th birthday. Nice. And so you can do it. Oh, I will do it. Absolutely. We'll do it. Um, and so to me, that is something that's visual. That is whether you like outdoors running or anything like that, you can recognize the feet, right? There's a physical feat. There is a mental feat that needs to be accomplished for that. It's impossible for most people to fathom but let's shift that and, and let's show people why it's possible. And so over the next year, I'll be training, documenting that training. Um, we'll be doing a lot of, a lot more than five Ks, you know, I've got some half marathons, marathons, ultra marathons, all lined up to build my way up there to doing that, setting the record. Um, and I just think that that is a really great opportunity to instill hope to instill an inspiration, you know, because my goal from this is if I can inspire you to take a look at your life and, and maybe say, Hey, what are the things that I'm saying are impossible? And now I'm not saying that everybody needs to go and change their life and, and de dedicate and disrupt their day to day <clears throat> to go set a world record, but taking a look at your life and, and maybe looking at the things that you said were impossible in your life Oh, it's impossible that I'll ever be back in shape. Oh, it's impossible that I'll ever start that business. Oh, it's impossible that I'll ever be financially well off. It's impossible that I'll ever find somebody who's right for me. And, and let's together collectively prove otherwise. Like that, that almost brings me to tears because of the power that's behind that collectively. That's why I started Warrior of Impact. We are a tribe of badass fucking warriors who are ready to live our lives in a way like we define, like it's on our terms. 
And and when you say what isn't possible that you're going to work towards making possible, it's not a jump. Mike isn't going from today. He has a lot of goals along the way. And yeah, so absolutely. again, They're you have- that's why I'm giving myself a full year. It's not yeah. like it'd be silly to be, you know, like I'm isn't, you know, I'm still being realistic around the possibility. Like, but right. I'm setting myself up by doing the work, <laughs> doing the research and saying, okay, what's realistic? And 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 maybe not even the realistic, because it's still challenge, you know, it's still right. a big challenge. It's what is doable. What is something that works for my life? Something that is in alignment with the goal, the purpose, and the mission. Um, and I think that that all makes sense. And so that would be an awesome project in and of itself. But I felt like there was something else that we needed to do. It's, uh, you know, turning up that front right burner on the stove, everybody's favorite. Uh, <laughs> um and so what we've done is I've actually partnered with the Make-A-Wish Foundation because um, I'm a former Make-A-Wish kid. Here's another layer of the story here. Uh, I was a Make-A-Wish kid at eight years old. I've talked about Make-A-Wish on this podcast before and as an organization, how much I think that they really do for children. It's not about sending a kid to Disney for the day. It's not about, you know, sending a kid on a shopping spree or letting a kid meet their favorite celebrity it's about letting that child be a child for a moment, a day, a part of their life. Um, and I think that's so that's so important because in a lot of ways, what Make-A-Wish does is it allows the impossible to become possible in those children's lives for one wish at a time. And so as a former Make-A-Wish kid, I wanted to make this a full circle moment for me to be able to partner with Make-A-Wish. And so we will be partnering with them over the next year uh, and using this project to raise awareness as well as fundraise uh, for Make-A-Wish. And our goal is to raise a million dollars in the next year. So by the time I hit the finish line on July 21st, 2023, uh, raise a million dollars for Make-A-Wish so that more children can experience the joy of uh, their impossibles becoming possible one wish at a time. That's it. That's amazing. And so we've, we've kind of started some of the back end stuff, the process. Uh, there's certainly information at warrioropimpact.com. There's a tab on there that says, you know, operation I'm possible. You can click there, sign up. Uh, we'll have information coming out, you know, and we'll have a, uh, newsletter information. There's certainly going to be ways, uh, to get involved. We'll have volunteer opportunities. We do have a need for people on our, uh, I created a board of advisors because I realized this is a much bigger project than, uh, than I should be undertaking on my own to undertake, uh, and, and do justice to the mission as well as, you know, the partnership with Make-A-Wish and, and making sure that we're doing justice by inspiring the right message and doing it right. I need to focus on the training and, and that. So if uh, you have a certain skill set, if you have a certain set of skills, I will find you. No. <laughs> uh, but no, I think that we we are open to collaborations, partnerships, and working with individuals, organizations, and businesses. So if this is something you're passionate about or something you want to help with, there is plenty of opportunities to uh, to work with us, whether it's on the board, uh, whether it's, you know, working with you, your organization. Uh, you know, we're going to be starting to take in-kind donations for marketing promotion and growth of of this project. Um, and then shortly we'll be opening the doors for people to actually start donating, uh, to the fundraiser itself. So we can start the fundraising and making, uh, money for make a wish. Um, and if you just want to keep up to date with what everything is going, come join us on Facebook at warrior of impact, um, where Mike and I will be continuing to talk about this project. Yep. And so we're going to be, uh, doing like we're, we're this is going to pretty much take over our uh our social media it's going to be very you know obviously all of the stuff that we're doing is still very much in alignment with the coaching work so it makes sense so uh follow us on instagram if you're not already at warrior of impact follow us on uh facebook as you said uh, at warrior of impact and then join our facebook group 
Uh, the Facebook group is probably the most intimate way to track and be involved with this process because that's where I that's where I stay most of the time. I'm on there daily conversations. It's a great way to have one on one conversations about this and everything uh, with the Warrior of Impact mission, goals, and growth. Uh, we have a supportive community of over 800 members, um, and and that's just a really cool place to uh, to be to partake in all of this. Um, I'm actually going to be. Uh, opening up some slots and I, and I decided about this. Um, I'm taking on a couple of more, uh, one-on-one coaching clients that want to really grow in their lives and process wherever they are in transition phases. And I, I think it'd be a really cool opportunity to work with me now as I go into this, because these people are going to be people that get all the value and benefit while I'm training, they're going to get all the stuff that I'm learning along the way, all the resources that I have, they're going to get. Uh, so I'm going to limit that to, uh, to 10 one-on-one coaching clients, uh, through this process. Cause I want to make sure that I give myself, uh, the space that I need and the grace that I need to grow, um, and the boundaries that I need. But, um, I am exclusively opening this process up to 10 one-on-one coaching clients that want to spend the next year with me. Um, working on maybe an impossible goal that you have that we can work together on and and see that come to fruition because I think that there is a lot of power in doing it together and and using the coaching system that I've already created in conjunction with this process um, I think would just be a really good opportunity for anybody that is looking for um, maybe that that big, bold change in their lives. And, and if that's something you're interested in, please, you know, contact me, go to warrioropimpact.com. And, um, there's a contact us page, reach out to me. Um, we are also in a bit of a transition for our business owners. Uh, if you are a business owner who is looking to grow your brand, grow your, uh, your messaging, your image, uh, we have reconstructed our visibility Boot camp to now uh, be our warrior uh, brand, I guess like our warrior branding boot camp, and and that is a private group. It has a um, twelve module training that helps you learn how to be more visible more heard and more valued. So you can be seen, be heard and valued as a brand business owner and individual. Uh, but it is perfect for, uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, brands that are looking to take their message to that next level. Uh, we are also opening the doors to our bootcamp again. Uh, that is a one-time purchase and you have access for life. It is a private group that you get access to, that you get to uh, speak your piece. You get a group of other individual business owners to use as a sounding board. So everything from talking about different content ideas, getting feedback to uh, getting true insight on, you know, masterminding your approach to how you send out, you know, your messaging to your clients. So that's a really cool opportunity. That is something that um, Shannon is going to be taking the lead on uh, going forward, especially over the next year. Um, I'll still be involved with that as we go. And, and of course, you know, we have our module training that we are both um very visible in. And so those are two ways that you can get involved and start working uh, with us as a client. Um, obviously, we would love to have everybody join our free Facebook group, as said. And then, uh, of course, you know, get involved with the uh, Operation Impossible uh, movement here. I think that it's uh, something that we can all use in our life as a, as a reminder, as a way to... Um, keep going. And, and I certainly know selfishly that I'll need the encouragement. You know, uh, I, my goal, and I have some bold goals is, you know, I want like right now we have about 30,000 followers on social media. Um, you know, I want an audience of a hundred thousand people screaming out. I'm the difference between impossible and possible. That is my goal. A hundred thousand people collectively across all of our platforms that are just I'm the difference between impossible and possible. I want to hear it from a third party. Like, hey, did you know 
I'm the difference between possible. Like it's, it's like it's like you know having your song sung to you kind of thing. You know, it's yeah. Uh, we want to hear your story too. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, make sure that you you know get in touch with us. Reach out to us if you have any questions about the podcast. If you think you would be a great guest on our podcast, if you know of a good guest on our podcast, reach out to us. You can reach us at our email podcast at warrioropimpact.com. Um, or again, if you join our Facebook group, you can have access to myself or Mike right through our group. Yeah. Send us a message. I live on Messenger. Like, yeah, <laughs> honestly, I feel like Messenger is uh, like more than text or anything. It's like whatever somebody's like, how do I reach? I was like, is it unprofessional to say send me a Facebook message? You know? <laughs> well, you know what the you know what the nice thing is? Uh, we spend so much time on the laptop or the computer working online that you can get your Facebook message on your phone, on your yeah. laptop. I do it too. I'm like the best way to contact me is Facebook Messenger. Although I am like, I have bought into like the world of Apple. So it's like, yeah. I got the iPhone, I, you know, I watch and then my tablet. So like now everything like matches, like all my messages, like texts are there too, but it's still just easy to, you know, have that mm. messenger, but it's the direct approach. Nonetheless, reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, the podcast is growing. We are on every platform now. Um, we're going to be starting to release our episodes as videos on YouTube. Uh, so that's coming. Um, this summer is going to really be a deep dive into like the, the summer of training for me. So uh, we're going to be documenting a bunch. Um, I've already like, this is going to be a documentary at some point. The, this operation impossible. It has to be like, uh, so I'm going to document the whole process and I've already started. Uh, my doctors, um, are all amazing people. Uh, I, I have talked about a lot how I think it's important to develop personal relationships with your doctors and have that, you know, cause they're part of your support system. Um, I went last week to get my stints removed from my, uh, for my nose surgery and recorded the whole process. The doctor was very willing. He was like, oh yeah. He's like, they're, they're all in. The anesthesiologist that did my surgery was like, you're the most inspirational person I've ever met. I need to know all about this project and how I can get involved. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to start just bringing my camera with me everywhere. Uh, we're going to document everything. Uh, so you'll be with me at the 4.30 in the morning workouts with, you know, at least vicariously, uh, maybe you watch it at nine o'clock in the morning, but, uh, you know, it'll all be social media. Um, I'm, I'm hope you know, one of my goals, but I'm very big on, um, not over committing to myself, you know, setting, you know, like I, I want to start doing YouTube again. Because when we were doing YouTube, there was a lot of value in it. You know, the, the long form content is great, you know, to be able to do that. Um, I'm just trying to be mindful of my capacity. And so I'm certainly going to capture enough content, but uh, I'm trying to be mindful of, of not overstepping and overcommitting what I can. Uh, it's already hard enough to, to post, you know, Instagram reels daily and TikToks daily. And uh, I will also be... Uh, reluctantly launching my new, uh, we'll be launching our new TikTok channel. Uh, somebody, some of you that have followed along for a while know that I had an issue with TikTok banning me for a while because of my patriotic duty. <laughs> uh, when I did my nine 11 videos and the conversations in the comments got a little, heated or controversial. And so they took my videos down. I got all my appeals, won, got my account back, but the account's not been the same. So we will be launching a new TikTok channel, um, to come. And, um, that way we just kind of start from scratch and no harm, no foul. Um, grow together. What's that? Yeah. I we'll, said we we'll, can grow together. We'll all grow together. Um, and I do have the name of that one. So that one is, so Currently, we are at Warrior of Impact. So the new TikTok will be at Impact Warrior. Just flipping the script. So we will talk to you all next week with a, another phenomenal guest. 
we've got some really awesome guests lined up in the near future and um, we will see you all soon. Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you and make sure that you are leaving us uh, comments about these episodes and um, reviews. Uh, I know we've not really asked in the past, but I think that those reviews are really what allow us to figure out what we're doing right, what you'd like to see change. And then also it helps with, uh, you know, the algorithms on, you know, whether you listen on Apple Podcast or Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, rank us, rate us there and everywhere. Take take ten minutes out of your day, go on every single one of them, give us five stars, and say it's the best podcast, best podcast ever. <laughs> we would appreciate it. All right. Well, we will talk with you all next week, and uh, until then, be well, warriors. Hey, Warriors, it's Michael, and I want to thank you for listening to the Warrior of Impact podcast. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your favorite streaming platforms and leave us a five-star review. For more information, check out warrioropact.com.